it's now time for Women on the Waves, a show focusing on issues affecting women, here on Christchurch's Community Access Station, Plains FM. I'm Rachel Hazelden, and today on Women's Lives, Women's Stories, I'm speaking to Kat Shaw. Kat moved to Ōtutahi, Christchurch, two years ago, and is from Wuhan. I wanted to talk to Kat about going through a pandemic when afar from her family and friends in Wuhan. Kia ora, Kat. Kia ora, Rachel. Great to have you here. How do people usually respond to you when you say that you're from Wuhan? Well, I guess before the pandemic, um, they didn't know Wuhan, so they wanted me to like tell them how far Wuhan uh, it is from Shanghai or Beijing. And now, like when I say Wuhan, people just gave this eye look on me. I say, "Oh, you're from Wuhan. That's interesting." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's always like the start of the conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And how are your family doing now? Um, they are very well at the moment because uh, the pandemic uh, is basically controlled in China and in Wuhan I think it's much safer than the other places as well because it's uh, very strict there. Mm-hmm. And you and your partner were due to go back for a holiday um, around Chinese New Year. Um, what happened around that time for you? Um, we booked our ticket uh, couple of months uh, before Chinese New Year. Um, then uh, the flight got cancelled. So we have to we had to like to cancel the whole trip and um, it took a very long process to get our refund as well. Yes. Yeah. I imagine lots of people are dealing with um, flight changes and refunds and yeah. 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 yeah, we were very lucky to get our refund. Yeah. 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 Uh, what was it like uh, hearing um, news f- about Wuhan from afar, like hearing um, New Zealand news as opposed to um, Chinese news? Um, I am now living uh, with my partner's parents, so t- sometimes maybe around uh, dinner time we were like we were uh, like watching. Uh, one news on TV and then uh, they were like okay come to see like Wuhan is on TV now I was like I never thought Wuhan my hometown would be on a New Zealand TV so um, from the start it, it was quite intense the reporter was like very serious about this pandemic like how did it spread in Wuhan but I think New Zealand news was quite fair so it, it was re- uh, actually just reporting the truth, like the truth happening. Um, well, but every time I want to see it, I just hope like the pandemic can be end as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have any experience of the SARS pandemic? Uh, I did. I, I, and 
I was not sure if I caught SARS or not because I was quite young and then because uh, my parents work in the um, medical system I mean, they're, they're not doctors they can't um, they can't like confirm they couldn't confirm if I had SARS or not but I remember I had this temperature and then passed out overnight um, well it never confirmed but I could clearly remember like people was very very um panic about the whole situation like the school was very intense yeah the how situation old, how old would you have been how old yeah when the SARS pandemic I was not sure actually I, I do remember which year is was SARS I don't um I wish I knew um was it 10 years ago perhaps or even longer ago than that absolutely longer no 10, 20 years ago 20 yeah, I think it's two thousand. Is it two thousand and five? I don't know. <laughs> we will have to look up afterwards. Yeah, I think because you're twenty nine now. Yeah. So you would have probably been under ten. No, no, no. no, no. I, I remember I was in middle school. Right. So yeah, maybe around twelve or thirteen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you say you passed out, as in you went to hospital overnight, or uh, you had a fever, or. Yes, we had. Uh, I had a fever, and mom took me to the hospital, about which like we live in there. Mm. Um, so I just stayed in the patient's room like overnight, and then I think the third day I got better. Yeah. 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 And uh, we live in an age where there is a lot of fake news, um, and it's it's good to hear that you had the experience that New Zealand news was fair. Um, what has it been like hearing some of the fake news that's coming up about uh, COVID-19? Mm, I am trying my best to avoid the fake news because um, it's just uh, spreading the hate a lot. Um, I mean, some, I guess some medias just um, wrote these articles without concerning anyone's, uh, anyone's feelings. Mm. Um, my parents, like th- those, fa- I think those those fake news exist like everywhere, like China, America, like sometimes even New Zealand. Mm. Um, but um, it didn't help a lot, and it's just making the situation worse. So um, I felt very, uh, of course, I felt angry about it because um, the pandemic actually like started from Wuhan, and just because some like guessing in the uh, in the beginning like saying like maybe it's from a bat and then now when I say I'm from Wuhan people ask me if I eat bats um, yeah, it was not a joyful feeling no uh, interesting you say spreading hate um, it does it spreads hate and spreads fear I think yeah, yeah. Um, have you had you've said how people ask you about Wuhan but have you had any really negative experience where people have been racist towards you? I did um, but the one who was uh, I'm not sure if I can say it was racist it's actually one of my New Zealand friends who's from originally from China because she thought maybe the Wuhanese brought Chinese bad reputations Mm. and 
um, like getting the public resource in China, and but all her opinions were just based on very individual cases. Yeah, it was not fair on me uh, because she went on me. Yeah, yeah, she was critical of you. Yes, because I am from Wuhan. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um. And you're doing a project um, with, you've talked to Te Papa. Can you tell me more about the project? Um, it was a fabulous project like Te Papa is working on. It's called Making Sense of Pandemic. So um, I feel very warm that New Zealand actually trying to like record this and make people like feels better, like feels more secure during the pandemic. Um, uh, Dr. Grace invited me to have an interview with her. So we talked about um, how did I feel um, during the pandemic and um, how how did I uh, how did I like encounter the whole situation that I am living here, but all my family is like back in Wuhan. Mm-hmm. Um, and the interesting I found on social media. Um, I also, uh, I mean, during the pandemic, I made this T-shirt, like sort like protesting, like saying like the people dying uh, in Wuhan, they died without names, but they amused the internet and the medias. Um, she was quite interested in this T-shirt as well, so we talked about about a wee bit about that. But I mean, I made that T-shirt that uh, before the pandemic like spread as uh, global. Tell me more about the T-shirt. Um. So I, it was in January, I think. Yes. Um, yeah. So the coronavirus cases only existed in Wuhan and China, and there were a lot of news like saying like Chinese people bringing the virus uh, outside of China and very critical about this behavior. Yeah. Um, then the internet uh, just went crazy about it and um, some Wuhanese individual behaviors um, just singled out like by the media to represent like the whole Wuhanese opinions. Then I thought the media focused so much about the people who did like bad things but just sort of like forgetting like people actually died in the pandemic Mm -hmm. and i had a friend um she lost her mom uh, during the during this coronavirus and she didn't she didn't even get to see her like for a proper goodbye um she she didn't talk to us as well i mean for those victims i mean people just didn't focus on those because it's not juicy enough for their yeah so the news distorts things. Yeah, that's yeah. that's why I decided to make this T-shirt. You know, just to say something, like to attract some attention for people, like to say to say to them that hey, maybe you should focus more on like this this part of mm. the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Um, how have you found the New Zealand government response to the pandemic? I think the pandemic got controlled pretty well in New Zealand. I feel very, very safe here, and my all my families back in China, they are um, they ask me all the time like how's the how, how's the pandemic's going in New Zealand. I was like it's very good. Uh, I actually feel very, very safe here, and I am very um, 
I appreciate. I mean, everything the government ha- has done. Mm-hmm. What had you choose to come to New Zealand? Mm, yeah, <laughs> it was a proposal from my partner Bruno. Um, we met in China, so he um, we met in the university, and he was a teacher there. He said he wanted to come back to New Zealand for his career, so I was like, "Yeah, why not?" Then he showed me New Zealand. Like uh, we we travel here, mm. like um, 2018 uh, around the Chinese uh, Chinese Spring Festival, mm-hmm. and I just fell in love in here. I mean, the the air's clean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and everyone's so friendly on the street. I have I I never had that experience before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I always think I love to hear when people move to a different country. You see things with really fresh eyes. Um, what are some of the things that you've noticed about New Zealand other than the clean air and people saying hello? <laughs> um, for my previous work, I, I actually travelled a lot. Um, I travelled to England and Singapore. And uh, previously, like Australia as well, <laughs> this um, Western Western world was like not that uh, strange for me. But yes. New Zealand is very unique because everyone is just so nice. It's it, it looks very uh, civilized to me. It's mm. a very civilized country. Like uh, for people saying, um, like. Um, I I saw like very very few races. I literally had no racist experience here, mm. and everyone just. Uh, I know I have accent and my language, uh, my English is not perfect, but no one picked up on me, and um, they just try to listen and to understand me, and which is like a great uh, immigration experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but in the other countries. They might just, you know, when you walk on the street, you look at the other people, and then they just walked away. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's a very friendly and peaceful country. I really love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I often talk to women on the show about uh, feminism and and what it means to them and um, what equality means. Um, what growing up in China? What does feminism mean to you? Uh, we didn't. We don't have femi- feminism in China. I. Uh, that's my opinion. <laughs> um, I remember, like um, eleven years ago, I had this pet shop. Um, then someone, some men, like came to my shop and then saying, "Oh, you're a woman running a pet shop." And I was like, yes, yes, uh, well, you don't agree with that? And he was like, I know you ran a, a pet shop. I mean, you are in your young age and managing a pet shop, which is awesome. But I have to tell you, this is a man's word mm. yeah, in China. And I'm sorry, but this is the truth you have to receive. And then I was, I, I didn't know that much about the society. I mean, even I started my own business, I was just trying to make some yeah. money. Yeah. And so he was saying that a bu- business world, uh, running a shop is a man's world. Is that what he was saying? Um, no, he, he was saying like generally, uh, ah. it's just a man's world. Like 
even you have your own job, you're you're starting your business, but it's still um, it's, it's still a man's word. Uh, I was very confused. I, I didn't know how to respond this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but then after six or seven years, um, yeah, I I uh, I realized it's uh, I think it's just individual like opinions, mm-hmm. but it does exist in many many like uh, Chinese uh, traditional values. Mm-hmm. So it 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 was a wee bit hard to change it like generally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, growing up, I didn't learn a lot about the East or about China. Um, And then as an adult, when I started to learn more and read novels and historical novels, um, it seemed like there was, like historically here, the difference between men and women, um, uh, kind of the culture of... Um, foot binding is often something I hear about um, in the West. Um, but it seemed like there was a massive cultural shift with the Cultural Revolution, which I don't know a lot about. But it, it, from my outside view, it seemed like there was more emphasis on men and women being equal in China. Is that your impression of the change with the Cultural Revolution? Um, we did have foot binding, and uh, until now, like um, some of Chinese women still still think like if you got like little f- feet, mm. you are more attractive. Um, well, uh, of course we are we are we are trying. I think in China we are trying to um, to let people know like uh, for the gen- uh, gender equality, but. When it when it comes to like evacuation, it's a wee bit hard for the society to get improved as like just in a blink of an eye. Mm. So, and it's a process. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. All social change takes time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, were you? In terms of the one-child policy in China, uh, are you a single child yes, in your I family? Am. Yeah, yeah. Was there discrimination? Were you aware of discrimination between boys and girls being born? In yes. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, my parents' generation uh, were still like the victims of this, <laughs> um, but. Uh, when it comes to my generation and my uh, ne- my ne- next generation, I think is ma- much much better. And we don't have one child policy now, so we cancel that. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm, mm. yeah, but at the time you were born, it was one child. Yes, and the gender discrimination definitely existed at that time. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's more likely in. Um, a wee bit like rural place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you grew up in a in a very large city. When I was born, um, the place I uh, lived before was actually rural place, <laughs> and now it's like developed to a city now. Right. Yeah. 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 
And what kind of messages did your parents raise you with about expectations about life and um, what you would do with your life and career? Uh, yeah, just uh, be a nurse or a teacher and marry a good husband. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want the best for you. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about the song that you chose. And why you why you like that song? Um, well, it's 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 a little bit hard for me to choose a female song because I, I have to admit, like I listen to most of like male artist songs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I think this one is quite unique. Um, I I can feel uh, something's uh, the same experience between me because um, w- when I grew up like um, I'm always the rebellious kid um, experience like um, just uh, have been through have been through like uh, dark times and then bright times like like everyone did <laughs> yeah yeah um, my parents uh, expected me to be like the neighbor's daughter like being a teacher, married like a, a rich husband. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but then I was like, no, I don't, I don't want that life. Although my parents were very ordinary people, but I don't want to marry a rich people to be not a ordinary. I just want to be an ordinary girl, but I have my free will to be whatever I want to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I guess that's the reason I cho- chose that song. Mm. Yeah, there's a good line about um, she's talking about being a misfit. Yeah, I actually didn't understand what what is misfit. What is that? Um, I think what similar to what you're saying about not necessarily fitting in to the mm-hmm. standard uh, expectations of you. Um, so it does fit perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. What what were you rebelling against? Everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was uh, from uh, high school. I I because I'm I'm my size is actually bigger. Like in China, mm. I'm like the big size in China. So I felt hot during summer, especially in Wuhan summer. It's like forty degrees sometimes. Mm. So. I'm just wearing those uh, very less clothes, like a single dress or something. Um, the mom just said, no, you, you're just not reserved. You can't wear that and uh, walk through the neighbors. The neighbors can talk about us. And I was like, no, I, just, I feel very hot. Mm. This is very unfair on me. I'm going to wear it no matter what you say. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, I think that's the start. And then one day I, I, I just bought this amazing stalking. Uh, I think it's like a yellow color or something. I was like, yeah, yeah, I think that's nice. And then I wore it. And mom was like, oh, my God, you can't. You can't wear that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just destroying your reputation. I was like, <laughs> my reputation was long ago destroyed. So <laughs> I'm just do whatever I want. Yeah. Then I actually became like um, after graduation, I became a tattooist. <laughs> um, then great. Yeah, that was. How did you get into becoming a tattooist? I just got an intern job in the tattoo still before, and then I learned from the um, tattooist 
then I was like, yeah, why not just start my own business? Well, it, it didn't win well, but yeah, that that was quite an experience, like um, getting in touch with a lot of different, varied types of people. Yeah. Is um, tattooing quite common or uncommon in China? Wow, that's a very big topic, Rachel. <laughs> well, as a woman that loves tattoos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say your tattoo was beautiful. Um, it's it's actually very common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, tattooing uh, is still a forbidden topic in the public, but a lot of people like, have tattoos in China. Mm. A lot, like more than you can imagine of, but officially saying, like, if you want a government job, you, you, you can't get a tattoo. But you, but you can cover it, like, no one knows. Yeah. So they're more covered. I mean, I found when I went to... Cambodia and Vietnam and Malaysia um, people comment a lot like that it was quite unusual for a woman to have a, quite a visible tattoo like I do yeah oh not not, not in China no no yeah oh I mean if you go to somewhere like the you know very how's that mm, pretty like uh, the places like they don't meet a lot of people mm. like still very traditional opinions that regards like genders mm. you might get the same opinion but I think in the big cities like a lot of people are getting tattoos mm. like women girls yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, what didn't work about it why didn't you continue it um, I yeah it's I, I think it's just opportunities yeah, I got I I bought my first car. Then I was like, oh my god, my my salary in tat- as a tattooist mm. couldn't afford this beautiful car. So yeah. I just went out to find a find another job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how did you get from um, to a pet business? Did mm. was that after being a tattooist? That's before. Before. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think the pet business was when I was 18 and 19 uh, till, uh, and it ended in uh, when I was 20 to 21. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. my first first business. Yeah, yeah. What got you into pets? I was just curious. I love animals, and then I I saw this ferret. I was like, it looks so ugly. How <laughs> how could people like it? And then I just digged into it. I was like. Yeah, I mean they they were actually quite cute and pretty handy. You can put it put it in your hoodie. You just take it out on the street. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever held a ferret. I can't even. <laughs> I, can, I can picture one, but I've never got close to one. They could be very intense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Intense pet. Um, what are some of the other jobs you've done? I've done a lot. <laughs> um, I've been in retail, and um, I've been in a translation business mm. uh, for for the for the um, the buyers. The buyers came to China to find the factories, and then I got a pretty amazing job to travel around the world to have to operate this um, university projects. Mm-hmm. Th- that's that's uh, that's why I met Bruno, mm-hmm. and then I got. 
uh, I came to New Zealand. I firstly, uh, the first job I got was uh, uh, was a chef. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My dad, my dad is a chef, so I got. I guess I got a gym for that. Yeah. And then I'm working in telecommunication. Yeah. 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 Uh, what would is there anything you haven't done yet that you would like to do? Is there? Yeah. Oh, definitely. I want to go to. Antarctica. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What appeals about the Antarctica? I just feel it's going to be so cold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the coldest place, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. That is a really interesting work history, Kat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, sometimes when I'm I. I'm impressed with that diversity. <laughs> Yeah, it's very hard to write my resume about that. <laughs> yeah. 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 And tell me more about the role you had with the university in China. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it was a very exciting job. So we, so um, if the universities need to um, have some workshop, like with the overseas university, the Chinese universities like host the, host it and. So I brought the professors and students overseas mm-hmm. to those like to- uh, overseas top universities like Cambridge, Imperial College, College, and then they can have a conference or a project together. Yeah, I was an operation person. Okay, so bringing collaborations together. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. In in a particular field, like was it in science or was it in arts or in what? As much as they want, <laughs> yeah. Um, science, art, um, literature, uh, business, commerce, yeah, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And have you studied? Have you done a degree? Yes, I studied fashion design. Yeah. <laughs> it's not related at all, eh? <laughs> and what's your favorite kind of fashion? What style do you like? I am a very open person to any style. Yeah. Yeah. As long as it looks nice. Yeah. What I appreciate about you is you're a fellow rebel. <laughs> that not interested in just a conventional life. And I just so admire all the different things that you've done. Yeah. And what I've always felt is I'll try a job and think no not that and then I try something else and I think not that but each thing leads to another thing mm-hmm. have yeah. you had an experience like that all the time mm. I guess um, when you don't give up you just pursue the things you want mm. and you will always get it um, if you don't give up mm-hmm. yeah well I'm really excited to see where life goes for you next Kat Okay, thank you for this, Rachel. Thank you. We're going to finish with Ava Max's song, So Am I. Do you ever feel like a misfit? Everything inside you is dark and twisted. Oh, but it's okay to be different. Cause baby, so am I. So am I, so am I, so am I. Can you hear the whispers all across the room? You feel her eyes all over you like cheap perfume. Like the neighborhood I can see it I know what you're feeling 